I want to get into this word today. Turn in your Bible to St. John. And we're going to go to St. John 14 and 27. We're going to continue in our series called It's in the Air about atmospheres and environments. Hallelujah. Has that series been helping out? Anybody been blessed by that? Regulating atmospheres and environments and we're going to go further today. I believe that there's some things that are going to help us all to grow and, and navigate this crazy thing called life with victory and authority. John 14 and 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he goes on to say, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's jump down to John 16 and 33. It reads like this. Jesus again says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation." But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. God Almighty, we thank you so much for this moment that you have brought us into. We thank you, God, for your exceedingly great and precious promises that fuel our lives daily. We're not standing in our own strength. We're standing on your promises, God. Never to leave us nor forsake us. And God, what we are trying to do is we're trying to unwrap everything that you've given to us. So today, God, as I share this word, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, insight, knowledge, prophecy, full use of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to present gifts via words to your sons and daughters that will feed them to the full, that would edify them strengthen them, build them up, that it would liberate them and cause them to grow and to prosper unlike ever before. I believe you for these things, and we decree that when we leave out of this time together here with you, we're going to be better. We're going to be stronger. We're going to be wiser, and we're going to walk in a new dimension of victory, even to the next level from glory to glory. We claim it. We receive it. We believe it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, where are my people who believe in that prayer, that God's going to do that very thing, that those aren't just words to fill up space in the service, but that's what's going to happen in your life today. Do me a favor. Greet somebody in the name of Jesus before you take your seat. Hallelujah. My toe, I feel God. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing to have people around you who get it. People around you who are on the same journey as you. Connection is everything. So we are on the third week in our series called It's in the Air. And in the first week of the series, we begin this conversation about atmospheres and about environments and how we have to navigate the air or the atmosphere if we're going to remain focused and if we're going to be productive and effective in who God has called us to be in the earth in times where the atmosphere can be toxic. Are you tracking with me? And we talked about in the first week how atmospheres are comprised of thoughts. And so, so when you come into certain places, you'll feel atmospheres. But the atmosphere oftentimes is because of the predominant thoughts, collective thoughts in that atmosphere. And that's why Paul teaches us that our warfare is, is a, actually a warfare over atmosphere. He talks about how the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments. We 
we know that that word strongholds means fortified arguments. And so Paul said that we have weapons to tear down these arguments so that we can have an atmosphere that will allow God's best to be produced. And we looked at Jesus. Remember, we studied Jesus and how Jesus was on a mission. He was on a mission to heal Jairus' daughter, and he had to navigate atmospheres. People were saying things. They were speaking things to him from an alternative atmosphere, an alternative environment. He had to kind of shut that down. And then you remember we talked about that, and Jesus, then he went into the house, and he got into the house, and people were singing sad songs in a happy moment. I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to... Recap and move on, but 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 you have to learn by the Spirit when to sing a sad song and when to sing a happy song. And sometimes people will not get what God is doing in your life, and they will be weeping over something that has to do with God blessing you and taking you to the next level. And you have to learn how to shut down those voices. Don't you cry for me? Don't you weep for me? Don't you pity me? I'm about to step into something that's going to change my life. That's going to change my. Fa- so anyway, Jesus. Jesus has to shut them down. They were in there, they're crying and and weeping and playing funeral music because they didn't understand the score of that moment. They didn't understand the sound. They had the wrong soundtrack playing. I feel the Holy Ghost on this right here. They had the wrong soundtrack playing. You have to hook up with people that know the right song for your your season, for your season. I got to contain myself because I felt that for somebody for somebody, for somebody. Sometimes you get around people and, and you used to be cool when you're around them. And I love everybody. This is not an anti-people message. We love everybody. I'm just telling you, this is prophetic for somebody. You used to get around people and you sang the same songs and you can groove to the same grooves and all that kind of stuff. But you get around them now and when words come out of their mouth, the sound annoys you now. Same people, different season, because you're going from glory to glory. You are evolving. You're taking this thing seriously. You believe God has plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, and you are beginning to pay the price of becoming. And that is a price that many people won't pay. Mm Mm-hmm. And so what happens when, when you begin to evolve and you begin to grow, they used to be able to play the violin and you would move and now they play the violin and you're like, I'm in a lead guitar season. I need a little bit of PA. Okay, back to. And so Jesus had to address that. He had to address atmospheres. And we looked at that in the first week and we talked about how some things can only grow in the right atmosphere. And in the right environment. So sometimes we think that God has failed us and God has said, I haven't failed you. What I have ordained to grow cannot grow in the atmosphere that you continuously submit yourself and subject yourself to. So sometimes growth is going to happen automatically when you shift your atmosphere, when you shift. I feel that for somebody. When you shift your atmosphere, when you shift your environment, you wonder why things aren't working and they will work just not there. Everything can't grow everywhere. And so we talked about that. If you weren't here in some of the previous weeks, I encourage you to go back to that. And then, and then last week, we talked about, we kind of shift from the outer atmosphere to the inner atmosphere. Remember we talked about that? And, and we talked about, we looked at the story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 30, and we talked about the fact that there is deeply planted within every believer a resolve, a divine resolve it resolve that empowers you to overcome anything you face in your life. It's in you right now. It's in you. And sometimes you have to go through things to get to the place where that is activated. There's a fight in you. I talked about that before. There's a fight in you. And sometimes you think you can't handle it and I don't know what I'm going to do. And the devil is a liar. I'm telling you, if you are in it, that means that there is a fight in you to overcome it. And so we talked about that. So we shifted last week. We shifted last week to, to the inner atmospheres and we talked about that. And, and this week I want to talk more about this inner atmosphere business. And I want to, first of all, just say right out as it relates to the inner atmosphere, the the most preeminent of inner atmospheres is the state of perfect peace, of perfect peace. Every time a service ends at this church, whether it's me closing it out or, or campus pastor closing it out, they always say, or they should always say, if y'all paying attention and hear me and say this every time, they'll say, shalom, shalom. 
And shalom, shalom literally means perfect peace. That is, when we're sending you out, we're sending you out with the blessing and the word over your life that you will have perfect peace. And that's what I want to talk about today because there is no better, there is no elevated, there is no atmosphere as it relates to your inner atmosphere greater than the state, than the state of perfect peace. This is where God wants us to arrive at because if we arrive at the place and learn how to live and navigate the space of perfect peace and we can get there, we're going to talk about it, it's going to cause you to be unshakable. Mm. I feel the Lord. I can't wait to get into this. It's going to cause you to be unshakable as you go from glory to glory. So I want to give you, I want to build this, this message out over four what I believe to be important thoughts, important things that you need to understand about this perfect peace. You ready? Let's go for it. Thought number one about perfect peace is this. Perfect peace or peace is the result of focus on the right things. So peace and focus are connected. They're connected. That word peace is the Greek word, and it is the Greek word irene. And that Greek word literally means to join or to be at one. To join or to be at one. It is, it is oneness. And that is why, if you're taking notes, write this thought down. Distraction is the disruptor of peace. Distraction is the disruptor of peace because peace is singular. It is singular in its focus. Are you tracking with me? And so when I am distracted, let me back up for a second. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, it's a wonderful chapter I quoted often, but in the old King James language, he, he was talking about worry and, and the New King James made it, you know, don't be anxious or don't worry. But New, Old King James says, take no thought about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Now, first of all, that, that's interesting because he is, he, he is God who is brilliantly intellectual is challenging us not to take thought. That almost seems like there's something wrong. Wait, wait, God, you, you want me to think you gave me a brain. In fact, you said we have the mind of Christ. And so, but yet and still, Jesus is saying, take no thought. What is he saying? He's saying take no additional thought. So in other words, the reason why we worry and worry certainly is a disruption of peace is because somewhere, somehow, we've been introduced to an alternative or an extra thought. So peace and focus go hand in hand. This is why when Jesus, when, excuse me, when God is telling Joshua to go and take the land, what does he say? He says, turn not to the left nor to the right. Because if you take your eye off the mark, you are going to miss what God is doing. There is momentum. My wife talked about momentum on Thursday night. You cannot have momentum without focus. You have to keep looking at it. You have to keep believing it. You can't turn to the right nor to the left. And one of the things that God told me is that some of you are tired. Some of you are weary. But you're not weary because you've been working too hard. You're weary because you've been taking too many thoughts. You're weary because your mind is all over the place, and that's what the enemy does. The enemy, there's a word for temptation. That word temptation literally means to distract. At the end of the day, we think temptation like, oh, the enemy's trying to get me to sin. No, the enemy's trying to get you to look another way because your power is in what you're focused on. So peace is connected to focus. Are we tracking together? Let's go a little further. Peace is to be one. It's to be not divided. The second thought that I want us to understand about peace, are we tracking together? Denver, you catching this? Here we go. Here we go. Peace comes when order is perceived. Peace comes when order is perceived. There's a passage in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. I love this. It says... You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Peace, peace, peace comes when order is perceived. Let me give somebody in business before I kind of get into more of the, the spiritual stuff. Let me give somebody in business 
uh, a little practical uh, insight as it relates to this point. One of the things that I've learned and one of the things that one of my mentors taught me is that when you have stress in business, it is usually because of the absence of structure. Something is not structured properly. Something is out of order. And when things are out of order, it is a disruption of peace. And so for, for you, for those of you who are in business, I'm not saying that you have permission to be stressed out because things are not in order. But I'm telling you, you will have to fight harder if your structure for your business, for your ministry, or for whatever it is that you are doing, you're going to have to fight harder for peace if things are out of order, if things are in chaos, and that's why you have to be intentional and serious about what you're doing and make tough decisions sometimes to, where are my entrepreneurs at in God's house? I'm trying to help you. This is for free. Be because because when, when there is no order, it is difficult to have peace. And that's why this passage is important. It says in, in, in uh, Isaiah 26 and 3, it says God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Why? Because God is a God of order. Order. God, God is properly arranged. God is not out of balance. God is, is perfectly and methodically and succinctly in order. And so when you stare at God, you see peace. Peace comes back to you. I'm going to unpack that a little bit. It comes back to you. Everything about God is perfectly arranged. And when I, when I, when I perceive that attribute of God, even though there might be things that are out of order in my life or things that are, that are happening in my life, I have peace because I also understand that if God is a God of order and God has, has arranged everything in my life, everything in the world in a certain type of order, I understand that there is a synergy between good and bad that is ultimately working together for my good. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, you know it, you love this passage. It says, for God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. You know that. But it's interesting because that word that was translated work together is the Greek, the Greek word synergeo. It's the word synergy. It's where we get the word synergy from. So I understand that even when things seem out of order in God, they're already in order. And if I keep on focusing on God and moving towards what God is calling me to move toward, even the stuff that I think isn't working, is all of a sudden there's a synergy that's going to take place between this situation and that situation, this thing in my past, this thing in my present, this thing in my future, and it is going to all work together for my good. Anybody believe that? If you believe that, take a minute and say, thank you, Jesus, for the synergy that is in the atmosphere and the environment that's going to cause everything to work together for my good. And so, so I have to understand that though peace comes when order is perceived. That's why I got to keep looking at God. I can't, I can't be looking at things that are out of order. I can't do that. I can't, I can't focus on that. Yes, I will deal with that. But my life, I'm talking about my inner peace. My inner peace is not predicated by what's going on outside of me. So I got to keep on looking at God and reminding myself through the mess, through the challenge, through the pain that God is at work still. There's still synergy working. I can't count myself out. I understand that my life is still unfolding. I understand that if I'm breathing, my story isn't finished. There are things that are hidden in the atmosphere, hidden in the universe that God has placed there for me. And if I keep on moving, if I don't get weary in my well-doing, I'm going to lay hold on it if I don't give up. If you believe that, holler at me today. For real. For real. All I got to do is keep swinging at it. All I got to do is keep standing. All I got to do is stay after it. It's working together for my good. Goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life. I see God as the puppet master over my life. And at the proper time, everything God spoke is going to show up in my life. At the proper time, it is all going to work together for my good. I'm not mad at my past. I'm not mad at my mistakes. My God will take my mistake and make something beautiful out of it. Come on, somebody. Anybody excited about the grace of God, the puppet master over the universe has put synergy there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I feel the spirit of God. 
Something is happening in this place right now. I feel the Lord. It is working out in my favor even right now. Oh, I feel it. You didn't miss nothing. They didn't take it away from you. There's nothing that life has taken from you that God won't restore sevenfold. Holler at me, Denver. Holler at me, LA. It's coming back. It's coming back. See, that's why we can't forgive sometimes because we think what that person took or what that person did has scarred me and damaged me forever. The devil is a liar. Even that will work together for my good because I love me some God and I'm called according to his purpose. Where are my called people at right now? I'm here because I'm called. I'm called. And when you're called, there's grace over your life. When you're called, all of heaven is working for you. There's a synergy. Uh-huh. I'm not going to walk around with guilt and shame because that happened. There's a synergy about it. I wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for every step. I thank God for the pain. I thank God for the struggle. I thank God for the lack because it helps me enjoy and appreciate the abundance. I thank Him for every season. I feel the Lord is working together for my good. There's a synergy over my life. Oh yeah, and he's not finished with me. So I gotta look at God. Because when I, when I look at God, I see through disorder and I see order. Hallelujah. And I'm gonna get to that order. If I stay focused on him, he's gonna keep me in shalom, shalom. That's perfect peace. That's unshakable peace. Shalom. Shalom. I need peace. I need peace. I don't need more money. I need peace. I need peace. I don't need a boo. I need peace. If I, if I get peace, I'll be okay. That's what I'm after. That's what I'm after. That's what I'm after. And God says, I'll keep you in perfect peace. If your mind is stayed upon me because peace is about focus. There's some of you right now, I promise you, the reason why you're tired is because you're looking in too many directions. The reason why you're tired is because you're hearing too many voices. It's a focus problem. There's a connection between distraction and weariness. There's a connection. Uh-huh. And you think, oh, I need a, a break. No, you need focus. You need focus. Mm-hmm. Can we go further? Hallelujah. So the second thing was peace comes when order is perceived. The third thought around peace is, and this is so important. <laughs> I learned this. Progress is produced from the place of peace. See, we think that if we get to progress, we'll find peace. No. Progress is the fruit of peace. I, if, if I find peace, strategy will arise. Oh, hold on. You can get this. You can get this. You can get this. You're at your best when you are in the state of peace clarity comes not when you're frustrated who, wait, who, who is frustrated into clarity <laughs> clarity doesn't come when you're frustrated in fact oftentimes you'll make the wrong decision when you're frustrated when I have a decision to make the, the frustration might start me in a direction, but the actual execution and the strategy around what I do, I will, it, that comes from peace. I will not move when I'm mad. I might say, I got my eye on you, but I will not do anything 
because I'm not at my best when my peace is disrupted. Fill up somebody. You have to understand that life is about strategy. I was talking to one of my friends. He's a pastor, and he took over church, and, and he's having to deal with some of the, the politics in that church because it was established before he got there. And, and he was telling me how he, he got upset in a meeting, and, and he wanted to just fire this guy. I'm like, slow down. I said, slow down. I said, first of all, you may have to fire him, but not now. Can I just teach on strategy just a little bit, just for, just for a second? Just because this is important. This is going to give you some, some life stuff. It is about times and seasons. If you pluck up at the wrong time, you will work against what you're trying to build. See, that's why you can't make a decision angry. You get mad and you say stuff that you can't take back. Hello, somebody. You do something that you can't reverse. And when you're not at the space of peace, you're not even in clarity, you may be misunderstanding everything that's taking place. So I said, no, bro. I said, bro, life is chess. It ain't checkers. Life is chess. You got to move things around at the right time. God will give you strategy if you rely on peace, not emotions. That was for free. That was for free. That's for free. Progress is produced from the place of peace. You're at your best when you have peace. Problems are solved from the place of peace. It isn't that you are okay with the problem. I'm not talking about indifference. I'm not talking about that. It doesn't mean that you don't care or, or that you're not aware. It means that in the midst of that frustration, you are committed to another narrative. That I'm going to get there. I, my, my peace is not predicated by circumstance. My peace is predicated by the fact that God said he gave it to me. It belongs to me. It is mine. In fact, he says, I, he says that there are two types of peace. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. He says, Jesus says back in, in John 16, 33, he says, or it might have been the other John, but here's what he says. He says, he says my peace I give to you. Not the peace that the world gives to you. So I'm giving you a peace that is not predicated by the peace that that which is outside of you brings to you. I'm giving you a peace that the world did not give you. And come on, let's go old school. And the world cannot take away. It is a different type of peace. It is a, I feel God. It is a secure peace. It is a peace that must be maintained, which leads me to my fourth thought about peace. This is going really good. <laughs> peace is in your control to keep or to release. Oh, hallelujah. In, in other words, if someone takes your peace, you gave it to them. You offered it to them. I feel the spirit. Watch this. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10 real quick. I'm having fun today. Matthew chapter 10. Is this making sense so far? Okay. Matthew chapter 10, verse 11. This is amazing. Jesus is sending his disciples out. And he equips them with everything that they need. And he says, now whatever city or town you enter, he says, Inquire who in it is worthy. And we're going to find out what they're worthy of. Inquire in it who is worthy and stay there till you go out. Then in verse 12, it says, and when you go into a household, greet it. That word greet it in the Greek literally means to embrace it, to bring it in. Almost like for a hug. Bring it in. You go out there. You got something. You're carrying something. Go into places and embrace it. It release. Embracing is to when I hug somebody, what I'm doing is I'm releasing unto them what I have. Are we together. Okay. So he says when you go into a household, greet it, embrace it. But watch this. Then it says, 
If the household is worthy, worthy of what? Worthy of something you're about to see. If the household of worthy, it says, let your, is worthy, let your peace come upon it. Whew. So you're carrying something. It is yours. It belongs to you and you can share it. If you come upon a place, if that household is worthy of you, if that environment, if that atmosphere is worthy of you, let your peace come upon it. It's all good, baby. I can share my peace but not give my peace. If you're worthy, I can share it with you, but I'm not going to give it to you because if I give it to you, then I'm left with nothing. Are you tracking with me? That's why you got to watch how you manage your life and you manage yourself. Somebody lied to you if they told you that somebody can disrupt your peace. The devil is a liar. You didn't give it to me. And I'll be doggone if I let you take it away from me. But this is beautiful. Look at this last part, though. It says, but if that environment, if that individual, if that whatever, if that house is not worthy, then what? Let your peace come right back to you and you keep on stepping, looking for the right environment that is worthy of you resting your peace in. Are you tracking with me? The world did not give it to you and the world can't take it away. I want to show you one more thing. This is in Philippians chapter 4. You're going to need this inner atmosphere. You're going to need it. The writer says, be anxious for nothing. There's that word again, anxious. Take no thought. All these thoughts. Remember, peace has to do with focus, what you're focusing on. If you don't have peace, you're looking at the wrong thing. Oh, I feel it. Some of you are weary right now because you are worshiping your problem. Can I just stop? I'm trying to move on. That wasn't in the notes, but, but that, that you, you're worshiping your problem. If you think about your problem all day, that's meditation. If you speak on your problem all day, that's praise. You have made an idol out of your issue and wondering why that idol is rewarding you with frustration. just talking and you're mad at God saying God would you please give me some peace and he's like I did already and you'll find it again if your mind is stayed on me who tricked you I told you how this thing works I'll be your God, you'll focus on me, and you will have peace. And from that peace, I'll show you how to get out of the ditch that you got yourself in. Look at me. I hear that for somebody. You stop looking at me. You turn to the left. You turn to the right. And that's why you're struggling. He says, I'll keep you in perfect peace. Family, I'm not talking about moments of peace. I'm talking about something else, homie. I feel God. I came to impart something here today. I'm trying to get you somewhere full time, baby. I'm going to show you how to get out of a funk. And I'm going to show you how to keep those funks from happening. You gotta get back to looking at God, putting him front and center every single day. God is inspiring. It's a focus problem. Tell your neighbor, it's a focus problem. 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 Just looking at the wrong thing. 
Didn't even know you were worshiping the thing. Look at this. In Philippians 4. Where's it about done? It says, be anxious for nothing. Take no thought. Stop taking thoughts. Stop taking thoughts when God already gave you one. Ooh. Stop. Stop. Stop taking thoughts. You got to tell your mind, I'm not open for business. I'm not taking thoughts today. My mind is full of the thoughts that God has spoken to me, and I'm going to look at those thoughts until I see them manifest in my life. I'm not open for new thoughts that, that contradict what God said to me. I, I'm open for strategy around it, but I'm not open to alternative narratives about what God said. If God said I'm going to live a long life and be blessed and prosperous, I'm not open to thoughts of fear of cancer or dying early. If God spoke to me and told me that I'm going to prosper so that I can be a blessing to somebody else, I'm not open to the notion of lack. I'm not taking no thoughts today, baby. I'm not taking no thoughts. I'm not open for, for new thoughts. God gives you a thought and then the enemy can't kill you, so he gives you another thought. And now all of a sudden, instead of having a singular focus, you are shucking and jiving and guessing and hoping and wondering. And God is saying, if you will come back full sinner to what I spoke to you in the first place, I'm going to give you your peace back. And from your peace, you will thrive. I'm trying to help you this Sunday morning. I'm trying to solve your problem right now. You think it's a money problem. You think it's a relationship problem. You think it's a lonely problem. I'm telling you, it is a focus problem. When you get your focus back, everything is coming back. Get your peace back. Where did you leave it? Where did it go? What turn did you make that took you away from your peace? Get back to it and everything is going to break open all over again because one of the, the ways that God motivates you is through vision that's why he says write the vision and make it plain that he may run who reads it oh God God gives you vision to inspire you he gives you thoughts to motivate you. I'm not motivated by manifestation. I'm motivated by revelation. I feel like I'm preaching about the influence thing that my wife talked the other night. I'm not motivated by revelation, by manifestation. Manifestation is wonderful, but that doesn't move me. I move by the revelation that God spoke because I understand that I am a creator. And when you understand that you are a creator, you are not limited to praising God at the point of manifestation. You understand that you create things. I don't have to see it manifest. If I see it in my head, I get motivated, I get excited because what's in my head will be in my life. If you believe that, holler at Jesus with me this morning. Hallelujah. Thank God that he put in your head for I know the thoughts I think towards you says God thank God for the thoughts and honor every one of them watch this stop cheating on God with new thoughts you're cheating on yourself God gave you a beautiful thought I feel the Lord he gave you a beautiful thought. He gave you a gorgeous thought. It's called for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a future and a hope. God has given you a beautiful thought. 
And then another thought comes along. And you start cheating on what God gave you. And just like with any other type of cheating, it's going to take something from you. Get back to what he said. And you stare at it until your peace comes back. Are you tracking with me? Peace that cannot be taken from you. That's the highest state that we can get to as it relates to our inner atmosphere. It's this perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. It says I'm good. Hear me, Denver. God wants to bring you to a place where you say, I'm good. Uh huh. When he says, when Jesus says in John chapter 14, when he says, this, you know, I'm, I'm giving you this peace, he says, let not your heart be troubled. That word trouble literally means agitated. When you have perfect peace, you are not easily agitated. You, you don't let things disrupt it. I feel that for some of you. You got to get back to peace. That's when everything is going to be clear. I want to pray for some people today. I want to pray for some people today. I know the word peace has been bastardized, you know. But peace is an amazing thing. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. And you're going to need you some peace in the times that we're moving in. And not no peace that the world gives. Peace that's based on circumstance and situation. That's not the peace I'm talking about. From the inside out. Some of you, your creativity is going to come back from the place of peace. From the place of peace. Woo! Strategy for your business. Strategy for the next step. As some of you... And if you did not, if you wouldn't have gotten back to the place of peace, you were getting ready to mess something up. You were getting ready to mess something up. I don't see right when I don't have peace. Oh, but when I'm focused, peace comes. I ain't worried about nothing when I'm focused. Oh, glory to God. Perfect peace when my mind is stayed on him. From that place, I become something. I remember who I am. I remember what he said. And all of my creative energy is all now aligned and moving towards what God spoke so that I can co-labor with him to produce what he said. But when I'm divided, when I'm divided because of distraction, my peace is disrupted. And when my peace is disrupted, I cannot progress. You got to get back to peace. If you're here and you feel like the Holy Spirit was speaking straight up your gut and you want to walk in this peace that Jesus said he gave to you, perfect peace, peace that's not shaken by circumstances, and they're already moving in L.A., in fact, Denver, why don't you stand? If that's you, come on to this altar. I want to pray. If you're here and the Holy Spirit is just talking to you. And he's saying, I got I to gotta get you back to shalom, shalom, baby. We don't say that at the end when we're blessing you just because we think it's a cool thing to say. No. I know you're going to need shalom, shalom when you walk out of here. You're going to need shalom, shalom when you go back into your workplace, back into your back into your homes, back into your parenting, back into your relationship, back into the boardroom. You don't need money. You need peace. Peace will produce the money. Hello, somebody. You... You don't need friends. Your nervous energy is pushing the right people away from you. 
you're all over the place. They don't know who to befriend. You got too many thoughts. And with each thought is a different version of you. Hello, somebody. There is the fear version of you, the one that's all fear, the one that's afraid of rejection is projecting a version of you that disrupts your relationships. Hello, somebody? It's everything. The distraction is hurting you more than you know. It's slowing you down. It's breaking your momentum. My wife talked about influences creeping in. Thoughts. Taking me away. And as a result, I don't have peace. I can't move forward. I'm going to say it again. If you don't catch nothing I said, you don't progress your way into peace. You peace your way into progress. <laughs> Give me peace. That's why Jesus is saying, look, my peace. I'm going to read one more thing for you because I brought it up. I'm reading because I brought it up. It says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. First of all, you have to be in a certain place to have a need and be offering thanks. That means that you have already received what you're asking God for already. Because you're taking no alternative thought. So since you will supply all of my need, let me go ahead and instead of taking the thought that says you're not going to supply it, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let that thought pass on over here. Right? I'm a thought regulator. I duck thoughts. I don't, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Because I understand if you get in my head, you're going to mess me up. If you get in my head, you're going to mess me up. So you got to duck, dodge, and you know what I mean? You can get somebody else's head. You ain't getting in my head. This is precious real estate. Hello, somebody. It's not for sale. Hello, somebody. And it will never be for sale. My head is all I got. Hello, somebody. When everything else fails, I still got my head if you don't take thoughts. So you offer thanks. So be anxious for nothing. We got to go. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Watch this. And it says in verse 7, come on, boom, 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 boom. And the peace of God. It doesn't even say manifestation. Peace is more important than manifestation. Because if you don't get your peace back, the other guy can talk you out of manifestation because you'll be out of position. Because manifestation necessitates a position. Or it will show up and you won't see it because you took another thought and it puts you over here looking for and the manifestation is over there, but you have come out of position. Are we? So he says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. This is crazy peace. It is not predicated by your situation it is predicated by your focus it doesn't make sense I've had people lose loved ones and in the midst of the grief there's this crazy peace because they're not focusing on what's happening they're focusing on the reality that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Therein are two realities. Some people are focusing on them being absent from the body. Others are focused on them being present with the Lord. And that is life. There are always two realities and you gotta choose to focus on what God said. I have to deal with the absence, but what moves me is the presence. And that is life. You always have an alternative thought that 
you have to put out of your head and fight vociferously over your head because you only got one. Wouldn't it be nice if you can just suck up a whole bunch of bad thoughts and go down to Costco and, and then, no. You only got one. And the peace of God, which passes all understandings, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He says some beautiful things after that. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, not a negative thought in there. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, of good report, whose report will you believe? For good report, feel that. I, like the whiz, don't nobody bring me. No bad news, no bad news. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Don't nobody bring me. No bad news. And look in the mirror and talk to myself. Don't nobody bring me. No bad news. There is a good report over my circumstances because of the synergy that Paul is describing when he says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and those that are called according to his purpose. If there be any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. If you're here and you don't know the Lord yet, I'll tell you right now, the Lord knows you before he puts you in your mother's womb. He knew you. And it is a wonderful thing to meet the one who knows you before you knew the one. If you're here, let me tell you right now, you, you do know him because he has touched you in this service. And he's touched you in a way that only the one who could know your deepest thoughts could touch. So if you're here and you say, I don't really know him, but I can't deny what I feel and I need more of this. I want you to come and meet me at this altar as well. I know the altar is full, but it's not too full. It's never too full, not God's altar. And just make a move. And, and you might be thinking, I don't, I don't do that in church. I don't walk down, you know. But, but, but what you do do, hmm, what you do, <laughs> is you hear, is you feel. And at some point, you got to, Stop pretending like it's coincidence. Now I know who I'm talking to. At some point, you got to stop allowing, taking the other thought that says that's just coincidence. It's a broad subject. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever. Every single week, it's a broad subject. Because that, that's, that's another thought trying to come. Because if you ever get a hold of this, you will, I promise you, you will never regret it. I've walked away from a lot of things that, that people would call fun. or I've walked away from what someone would call the dream. And when I tell you there is not one day that I have regretted it because I discovered the real dream. And I sleep good at night. And I'm blessed. And I've gone places that I never would have gone and I've done things that I never would have done. So if you're here, and maybe this is where your journey begins, everybody's journey has to start somewhere. Mine started 19 years ago, but it has to start somewhere. And it is simple, no hocus pocus, no you know, religious routine and rituals. We don't do that here. It's simple, acknowledging that divinity is touching you and opening your heart and acknowledging that God is knocking on the door of your heart and open your heart and say, okay, okay. And let God have God's way in your life. And I'm telling you, he's already got your life figured out. <laughs> and he says, 
I got plans for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Old King James says, God says, for I know the thoughts I think towards you. He's not mad at you. He says, thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace, thoughts of shalom, and not of evil. I'm trying to get your thoughts to line up with my thoughts so that you can have peace, so that you can realize everything I have for you. If that's you, you're here. If you're in Denver, just get down to this altar. Please, I want to pray for you. Something's going to happen in your life from the inside out, and you will never regret it. You will never say, man, that was the worst decision I ever made. That's not ever going to happen. You're going to wish that you had done it sooner. If that's you, I just want you to get close. We're going to pray. Well, God, here we are, your children, here at your altar, acknowledging, Lord, that we've been in your midst, acknowledging, God, that you've touched us, acknowledging, God, that you've spoken to us, that you've equipped us, God. Hallelujah. God, you have solved problems in this room. Mm. You, you have given instructions for alignment right here in this room. You've given us a weapon fight back at life with you've given us a tool to ensure our strength and our victory and we thank you for that father I pray first and foremost that every word that you have spoken would take root in the minds and the hearts of these your sons and daughters that this would not be something that inspires for the moment but that this would be how we fight our battles that this would be how we war. Woo. And I thank you, God, that as we return to the center place of peace, mm, I saw in the spirit, it almost looked like cities emerging. I saw colors. I saw lands. I saw buildings. I saw gold stuff I saw and I, and I saw it when I prayed that you would get your peace back restoration is coming I think what I saw is what's in you I saw it this is so important I literally saw from the ground up healthy things healthy lands healthy businesses, healthy cities, and all it took was for you to get your focus back. So Father, and I just want you to receive, that's a prophetic word, that's a word of knowledge, that's a prophetic word, receive that right now. That's your new thought. That's your new thought. When I get my peace back, restoration is here, I feel it. I know it when I see it, hallelujah. You needed this word. Mm. Mm. Joseph had a coat of many colors. And they stole his coat of many colors that he was given as a sign of not only his specialness, his uniqueness, but the destiny that was on his life. That his father gave that thing was stolen but his future was not are you tracking with me there's nothing to say that he ever got that back but it wasn't in the coat it was in him it's coming back God is I believe it God is restoring your special your consciousness of your special your consciousness of your uniqueness is coming back it's coming back, it's coming back, it's coming back. And you're going to say like Joseph, when people ask you your dream, you're going to say, I saw something. That's why he never died. He couldn't die. He stayed focused on what God said so that when the opportunity showed up, he was ready. You, you got to get this back because I believe that some of you are closer to something than you've ever been before but if you didn't get back to the center place of alignment which is peace you would have missed it Joseph would have missed the opportunity with Pharaoh if he didn't keep the vision in front of him 
So when Pharaoh came, he said, oh, I can fix this. And he wouldn't shave myself. He said, this is my moment because he never lost his expectation, regardless of what he went through. I'm going to prophesy till I'm done. I see restoration coming. I see things coming out of you. I see it. It's coming back. You're going to be reminded of how special you are. So, Father, I thank you that the enemy won't get this word. Mata, bury it so deep in their hearts and their spirit that it would cause every dead dream in them to come alive and be resurrected even right now. Flood them with your thoughts. Your psalmist said how numerous of your thoughts are numerous are your thoughts toward me and that my soul knows quite well. It's coming back. Father, there's some in this room who are saying yes to you for the first time. They're acknowledging that something very real is taking place in Denver, Colorado. Something real is taking place in Los Angeles. There's something very real taking place in Nigeria. There's something very real taking place in Israel. There's something very real taking place in Belgium. There's something very real taking place in Germany. There's something very real taking place in London, in the UK, something is happening and we receive it. And so God, as they're saying yes to you, I pray God that you would fill them with your spirit so that which they feel outside will be received and will inhabit their insides. Seal this word, seal this work. I just want you to repeat after me, family. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I can feel it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I receive it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your peace. I'll hold it. I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for making him who had no sin all of mine all of my weakness all of my limitations all of my shortcomings you place in his body nailed it to the cross and once and for all put it to death but just like he was raised up free and victorious because I'm in him I'm raised up too and I thank you for shalom, shalom. From this moment forward, I'm going to fight for my focus. I won't turn to the left nor to the right. I'm going to focus squarely on you. And you shall keep me in perfect peace as a result. Now I'm letting go of the past. It can't hold me back. And I'm embracing the future. It is bright and glorious. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, celebrate God with me. Come on, Colorado. Come on, Denver, I see you. Come on, LA. Come on, wherever you're watching from. Come on, celebrate the Lord with me. I'm getting my peace back. I'm getting my victory back. I'm getting my strength back. Restoration is mine. Come on, if you believe it. I'm not open to new thoughts today. Only what God said. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So that means that whenever your peace is disrupted from this moment forward, you'll know that you're looking at something wrong. 
It doesn't negate the fact that you might be going through something. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just that you're not looking at it through the lens of God. He is a God of order. He's a God of order. Omniscient. I understand that. I get that. I understand that. You're going to find the order that brings you peace through looking at that thing through me. Because there's a synergy in it all. See, when you don't have peace, you're not thinking about the synergy. You're looking at one aspect of what's happening. Synergy, there have to be multiple things at work to make it good. So if I focus, if I worship my issue, I am discrediting the reality of the synergy, which creates the balance to produce my progress. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to be grappling, grappling, grasping for things. Grappling, grasping for things. I'm going to be grasping for peace. I won't even move until I have peace. I won't even move. Because I, I, I don't trust that move. Are you hearing me? Amen.